the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. All right, welcome everyone to the Minnesota Football Show. This is your host Bridget here with Eric. Uh, just the two of us today, crazy weekend um, with quite a bit of soccer news to get to. Not Nothing crazy, but uh general stuff so how's it going it's going all right got a got a little run in before the massive humidity sweeps in for today and you were telling me it looks sounds like the rest of the week yeah through the week and probably uh for a while after that but yeah record humidity end of the week so yay (laughs) how about yourself how are you 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 are you are driving the train today. How's it feel to be? Uh, it's a little weird. In charge. <laughs> <laughs> I will do my best not to lose this file, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll still have a show. If you're hearing this, things went well, I guess. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, it's. I mean, things are good. Uh, spent yesterday. My nephew just turned two, so we had his Aww. birthday party yesterday at my sister's house, and. Uh, so their cousins, my brother-in-law's brother and his wife and their two kids and their parents. So, um, we'll get together all afternoon, cook out and hung out on the deck and watched a couple little kids play with a bunch of cars and mm. make noise. And mm-hmm. it was crazy, but it was fun. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, shout out to Rodrigo. He's had a pretty wild week and the main thing we want to i think we all want to say wow <laughs> crash boom bangs in the background <laughs> listeners you're welcome My, so, this is, sometimes it's a cello and sometimes it's dishes, yeah but you know, same same individual noise. in fact same individual <laughs> um no i was gonna say uh big uh congratulations para bangs to isa uh rodrigo's eldest mm-hmm. who we know graduated from high school and she had her uh grad party yesterday it was great to see her and the family and everybody and uh yeah, super proud of her. She's awesome, and it'll be fun she is. to see what happens in the future. The future is bright. Definitely. Um, let's jump in. Let's let's start with this big thing that was definitely moving through uh, national and probably international news. In fact, uh, we mentioned it last week that Rapino was, in fact, going to the White House after all that uh, <laughs> incredible drama from whenever it was, three or four years ago. Um, gets the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Joe Biden. And interestingly, um, I, I thought it was a super cool move on her lapel. Uh, she's got a BG representing Brittany Griner um, in solidarity with the still uh, imprisoned uh, pro NBA basketball player there in Russia that's been there for how long has it been now? Like four months? It's been a long time. Yeah, a few months at least. And then the State Department, like, screwed up their call like her wife was gonna they were gonna talk on their anniversary and it, it was just a complete bungled mess um but i thought that was a pretty 
cool move. Go ahead, Bridget. Yeah, it sounds like they're making a little bit of progress on that end. I know she she had to plead guilty to some absurd, like, large yeah, amount the, trafficking. Right. It was like a little CBD whatever. oil or yeah. something like that, yeah. right? Ridiculous. But that's, uh, I guess that's just kind of how Russia does it. And you plead guilty in order to uh, set up like a prisoner swap. So hopefully that's kind of moving now. Um, she wrote a letter to, to Biden explaining that she was always behind him and knows he has stuff going on and please help. Uh, and that sounds like there's hopefully a little bit of momentum so that that situation is kind of resolved, um, but it's Russia, so. Exactly, it is Russia, yeah. 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 Do, do we know, um, or do you know, what, what was said in that uh, face-to-face presidential meeting? I, I wonder, you know, fly on the wall, what, uh, what tidbits were kind of dropped, what, what conversations were had if she, uh, she threw some stuff at him. She, it wasn't like a meeting, she wrote a letter to the, to the White House, essentially, um, kind of explaining, like, what happened, how they got there, and also they did release, you know, a few quotes here and there, like, um, we, we understand that, like, you're busy, this is complicated, it's Russia, and, you know, uh, things are a little crazy there, and you can't just, you know, no preferential treatment, but she and other prisoners have been stuck there uh, for a while on these kind of ramped up charges. And there's at least, I know there was one name that was released, but there's at least a couple other people um, there who are dealing with the same situation who just don't have the national platform that she does. Right, um, right. So she's, she's voicing that for, for all of them. Um, and just trying to move that forward. So she appealed to, you know, things that he has done in the past in order to, uh, to improve that situation. So, um, I wonder in general to like, not, not even directly related to Brittany Griner, but just like general policy and, you know, (laughs) general state failings as it were. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think she like really addressed any of that in there, but, um, I think he, obviously it's complicated. There have been, you know, they could have made the situation uh, better in general to to avoid it becoming like this, um, even before her involvement. But uh, I don't know. It's, and that's just what little we have, you know, been told. So I'm sure there's a, a whole lot more going on, but Indeed. Well, it was still cool to see her get the thing and, uh, you know, do like she always does. Like you said, and use, use her platform for, for good. She's always been very consistent in that regard. Absolutely. Um, let's head to some football. Uh, Minnesota United on Sunday. They host, this is last Sunday, so I missed this one. I was, yeah, I was still in Wisconsin at this point. Um, this is after we recorded. So they hosted uh, Real Salt Lake and got a win out of it. Uh, 3-2 is the final there. I really don't know exactly what happened, except for the fact to say that uh, they went up 3-0 pretty early, right? Well, three, two goals in the first half, one goal in the second half. 
And there's still a little concern where there was a bit of uh, opportunity for Salt Lake to squeeze into in the like last, what, 20 minutes or so. Um, yep. I'll throw it to you, Bridget. Yeah, so they end up giving giving up two goals in all of five minutes. Uh, Savarino with the first one in the 71st, 71st uh, Julio in the 76th, uh, Julio subbed on in like a minute or two before he got that goal. Um, Oof, ouch. It was, that. yeah. And I believe he had scored their previous few games. I think he was the top scorer. So, um, yeah, they, they had fresh legs on the bench and were, you know, ready to go. Um, definitely a, a bit of a defensive lapse to allow that to happen. Um, and that's not even to say that, I mean, it wasn't horrific, right? It, they were good goals. Um, it's not like they gave up just some powers, but, um, yeah, it was, it was ugly in the sense that that's typically how this team ends up playing. You go up right. early, you get comfortable. Um, seemed we like say they, those goals were good too. Like they look yeah. good. Like for the yeah. first half, I mean, Reynoso was on fire. He, mm-hmm. he gets the brace plus the assist, right? Two goals and an assist. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's cool to see him kind of getting back to form. Go ahead. Yeah, and to see Amaria get one as well. Yes. Um, yes. And that was a that was pretty solid goal as well. So he'll he'll mm-hmm. take every every tally he can. Um, but yeah, it it seemed like maybe judging from some of the comments after the game, like maybe in the second half they weren't quite doing um, as instructed. But I think also, you know every team gets a really good look at, at what the game plan is in the first half Mm -hmm. and the game plan doesn't really change much in the second half. And they, any team can pretty much solve it by the 60th minute. That sounds Uh, familiar. And Salt Lake was chipping away at it. I mean, (laughs) they, uh, those two goals were, it's not like they didn't have shots on goal. Um, Mm -hmm. Dane came up big to, to keep it, keep them to two. And to retain that 3-0 lead as long as as they did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it was ugly. Uh just because of that collapse. But I mean it's and maybe we wouldn't even be spending much time on it if they had won a few games prior, you know, other than right <laughs> other than LA. So um, this is a Salt Lake team that was on a tear too. Like they were, yep. I don't remember how many matches, like four or five wins in a row, got them up to like yeah. second place yeah, yep. and they're currently in third. I mean, they're still, they're still a really mm-hmm. good team. So in one, in one respect, it's always that like yin yang with Minnesota yeah. United, right? Like they, they get the W, but then, but then they, 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 they collapse and give it's, up two goals. Yeah. It's like they, they a really thought good that team. they were playing last year's Salt Lake in the second half. Yeah. Um, which I mean, it's it's easy to discount them, but yeah, Julio comes in and just goes to work right away, and Man. he had the entire match to see exactly where those spaces would be, and those spaces were still there by the seventy sixth minute, yeah. and he made it happen. So uh, you can't even be mad at that goal, but right. uh, yeah, well, d- W is a W at the very least. They got they got the exactly. Um, 
let's hop to our friends at Minnesota Aurora. This is a spoiler. We we know where things are at right now, but we'll lead up to the the, uh, the current um, current situation. So we'll go back in time a little bit to Thursday. We know we at this point we knew they'd clinched. We talked about that on the previous uh, previous podcast. They clinched the playoffs uh, at that time undefeated and kind of waiting to see how things were going to roll out with the other teams and their potential opponent with two games at uh, Green Bay. Correct. Yep. Green Bay Glory. I, I really like that crest. That is a cool crest. I'm going to zoom in on that. It's definitely, yeah, it's one of the better ones. That's I, neat. I like the colors I think and the shadow. Yeah, them and Aurora, I think everyone kind of put in the, the, the top two for this yeah. division. That's cool. That's cool. All right, so they go on Thursday there to Green Bay, and they do it again, Bridget. 2-0, clean sheet. Uh, Lang Duck and Turner, 69, then on its late stoppage time, uh, 93rd. Um, I didn't get a chance to see this. I mean, obviously, these are harder sometimes when they're not home games and not televised. So I'll throw it to you if you have any more details on the goals and the match. Yeah, um, it was a it was a slower start. Um, this is, of course, the Green Bay is the one team that this club has dropped points too. They had the the late equalizer in the home opener first game of the season. So going back to face them for these last two games is kind of a, a redemption thing for head coach Nicole Lukic. And um, that she has said multiple times that that late goal kind of haunts her dreams uh, and then home opener. So uh, these are redemption games and, and they did it. A, a rough <laughs> life when you're undefeated in the right. one goal. And that one dreams. goal you gave up in the 91st <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Is, yep, yep. It's Sorry, always that one. <laughs> Oh, seriously. It's, uh, yeah, this time uh, Aurora got to do that. 93rd minute uh, with Turner. Uh, Langdock's goal was a PK, I believe. I don't have my full notes in front of me. Um, But yeah, it was kind of a slower, slower start. A lot of back and forth. Um, They really like camped out in each other's like final third for a lot of this match, um, which was fun to see. Kept it exciting. Uh, Green Bay had plenty of good shots. I mean, they have most of their goals this season have come from like three or four players, um, and they were all starting this game. Uh, a few of them got subbed out, and they, they kind of mixed it up a little bit. But um, And then you, <laughs> the one player who had scored uh, – that equalizer in the beginning was was on the bench and I believe she came off uh the bench came into the game at some point um but yeah two two goals including one late really nice goal from Turner uh to go 2-0 big result um kind of a little shot to the ego for Green Bay uh and I mean they're this is not the non-Green Bay they're second place um the best season that they've had uh since joining um they were wpsl i believe um so they're they're doing really well aurora is kind of an anomaly um so when you're looking at these results you know keep in mind this is not like a this is not a a bad team by any means they get a lot of 
They had a lot of really good plays. They kept it exciting. Um, Sarah Fuller, of course, got, I, I keep saying it's like a contractual thing. She has to get one like leaping diving save <laughs> per game. Highlight she real did save. That. Yeah, she did that in like the first 20 minutes uh, a couple of times. Um, Taylor Kane got in there uh, for a little bit towards the end. Um, yeah, good, good showing all around. Should we should we stick with Aurora? Let's let's just close it out, huh? Yeah, we may as well we put these all together. Okay, so yesterday they played their final match of the season again against Green Bay, um, and here it is. Uh, your final is five one. Uh, Simons Turner gets a or Simmons rather Simmons. right away. Seriously, 30, like <laughs> thirty <ahead>. seconds. Amazing. <laughs> Uh, I actually so, like, missed kick it, off like, one pass yeah. straight through. Yep. I missed it. Cause I was, I was still like setting up my, my match thread tweets. And yeah. I look up and it's a one zero. Like, what happened? Where did that come from? <laughs> I thought it was a mistake. I was watching on um, 11 sports. Uh-huh. Uh, those, if you don't have the CBS app, you can watch, I believe every single game has been on 11 sports.com. So mm. if you, okay. You need to catch those. That's the good spot to go. I think That's you can see the me, replays. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I think you can get the replays as well. So okay, okay. Eleven. So yeah, spell out the word eleven. She um, scores right away. Turner gets a brace. My goodness. Um, Yewa gets one late. Uh, Green Bay does Turner, score. Turner but I mean, gets a Turner gets a hat trick. Hat trick. I'm sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. 32nd, 51st, and 60th. She was on <laughs> fire, and none of them. Like the squad does not score garbage goals. You know, every single one of them is just that's real time. A beautiful play. Um, they and they continue to to score these goals off of different plays. It's you know, it's not like they have a couple plays that they uh, tend to get those looks in. It's from anywhere and everyone. Um, so yeah, Turner with the Hattie, uh, Christelle Yewa got her first start this the season uh ended up playing all 90 minutes um they went with uh two strikers this game three five two uh, uh yes and and both That's of those two put in a full 90 minutes um and yewa was she was knocking the especially the second half hmm. um they kind of focused on turner but yewa had a few really nice shots uh hit the crossbar on one and then minutes later, got the 76th minute goal, uh, where she basically just slides into the box. Um, if you go to Aurora's Twitter, there's a, a photo of her just laying face down on the grass in front of, in front of the goal. <laughs> That's kind of just where she landed. Amazing. Um, so yeah, first goal of the season for her. Uh, she, of course, is the uh, dental student at the U of M. We've talked about her quite a bit. Uh, Turner star of the match obviously with that hatch yeah but which which one of those three uh caught your eye bridget uh i think the third was probably my favorite they were they were all really nice goals i'll have to go back um, and see the highlights yeah but that third she it, it was a she was in the 18 um beautiful shot through traffic and nailed it so I, I was running all over the place yesterday and had like no time 
at all to to sit down or barely even check my phone. Actually, <laughs> yeah, it was a really, it was a really weird start day. time too, eleven thirty a.m. Right. So, um, right. and sorry that the fifty first was actually through traffic. Sixtieth, she was like one v one with the goalkeeper and just towed it past. Mm. Um, but yeah, all all beautiful goals. Uh, Bayless Flynn got got into the game. Taylor Kane had started uh, in goal. Bayless Flynn, the she's seventeen, the Dino High School awesome player who missed school in order to in order to train with this club. Um, so she got uh, about twenty minutes, and unfortunately, Green Bay did get a goal just a few minutes after she subbed in. Um, but she had some great some great blocks. Um, she didn't have to do a whole lot of work, obviously, because they were already up. Uh, four goals at that point. Four goals. Yeah. Yeah. You're okay. I mean, okay. <laughs> yeah, don't need to worry about it too much, but no, no, she's still like, you know, she wasn't an afterthought in there. She performed really well. Um, cool. And especially considering how young she is and uh, experience level, you know, at this, on this stage. So yeah, she did really well. Yeah. Five, five, one end that puts them at a 11, zero, one, record undefeated um so their their first playoff game will be wednesday uh against indy 11 which is oh yeah one of another two teams there are three teams total in the league who are undefeated uh aurora has the best record indy's right behind them with two ties Mm -hmm. uh and then fc miami uh, has played fewer games, but are also undefeated. Okay. So these are these are two of the three undefeated teams in the league playing at at TCO Stadium. And we um, have this uh, narrative of some throwback to old school uh, Minnesota United and ASL uh-huh. days when we used to play in the eleven. So you can write that in for and it's you know, um, perspective. There's been a, some interesting developments with Indy eleven the last few days as well. Oh. With, uh, human rights support uh, across the organization, um, W League, the USL men's side, et cetera. Ah, in in terms of uh, abortion Um, ban, I'm guessing. That, and I think there, so their supporters group is a Brickyard Battalion, Mm -hmm. BYB. um, And they called them out for one day they're mad, they're marching in the pride parade and then the next they're like denying um banners that support like healthcare and human rights oh, in general i remember seeing that yes. yeah okay. so it's it's a whole long um there's there's like a, a 10 tweet thread somewhere of uh all the things that they pointed out and some of the, the conversations that the the group has had with the fo so uh, that's been interesting um kind of similar yeah. to a lot of things that we will be talking about with regards to another team uh later on <laughs> in the show here I, that's, that's um, good but, segue right there <laughs> but yeah i mean indy 11 striker is on fire uh for yeah. uslw team so um it'll be it'll be a tough one i'm super uh, excited i'm super yeah, excited yeah it's for this it's gonna be fun it'll be a tough game but as we know with this team, they they take on anything. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, what can you say? I mean, 
an undefeated inaugural season in in any league is highly commendable. And we just send our greatest congratulations and pot beans to this team for um, for doing something you just don't see that often. I, I was thinking, I mean, I know for sure no Minnesota pro sports team has ever done this. And then, and then, so the next level is, okay, second division or semi-pro has it ever happened? And you probably got to go back to like, like college go for football in like in the 1950s, maybe. Is that the, the for, closest for thing? For like an undefeated season? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember like I mean, back see, then, like. I know Minneapolis City came close. Okay. I think there, there were like two losses there, but there um, you yeah, you've got to go back quite a ways. to. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, it's cool. I mean, it's and it's spectacular, and to so. think that like this team didn't. This team was an idea like on a cocktail napkin. That's right. Like, <laughs> like a year and a half ago. months ago. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, I saw actually I saw a tweet yesterday. Um, another community owner who uh, tweeted like late. May 2021, like half jokingly, like I see an undefeated inaugural season, and he retweeted it yesterday and was like, "Perfect, hold like, on to that baby." I, see, we, you know, we didn't really expect it, but you know, still had a feeling and and thought it could yeah. happen, and and man, just yeah, just blew it out of the water. This reminds me. So one one of the many things that we were doing running around yesterday was. Uh, a new family joining the kids school and the mom is from brazil and so we got connected to like well let's meet each other and get the kids connected so they know each other too since they're they're entering you know as new students so they at least know some people and have a little cultural connection anyway i wore the hat and of course she saw the hat and she's like wait a minute is that the is that the new team i was moving yeah i told her she's like how they doing i was like well it's funny funny you asked that (laughs) and so i like laid it all out here let me show you the highlights that's right that's right and then she's like wow so it's over playoffs like yeah as well at that time i think they were playing as we were eating lunch so we i wasn't sure but i at least could tell them playoffs are set it's going down and it's like if you want to get tickets go now like Mm -hmm. go home and buy the tickets don't wait because it's probably gonna sell out yeah yeah so it's it's spectacular and, and just it's awesome. It's really that's good. awesome. Uh, speaking of those tickets, Wes has already sold out a bus, um, the fan bus from the Blackheart. But if there is enough demand, um, they will go rent another one. So awesome! If you want to do that, get on it now. Let them know. Um, but there's going to be a really good crowd. You know, uh, I happen to know somebody in this household that uh, works with Metro Transit, so maybe we can just get a new train line from the Blackheart straight to TCL. Straight over <laughs> to Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure you I don't mean, have to like, you know, do any kind of like government planning or funding no, 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 no. or any anything like that. No, you know, just, just just lay the track and yeah, it's just like a video tra- game, right? You can just like <laughs> move things around. <laughs> <laughs> Railroad tycoon. There you go. <laughs> uh it's so cool though yeah wednesday's gonna be a party um all right let's see let's go back a little bit here to aforementioned minneapolis city still struggling um you know it's we've talked about it before it's adjustments and and uh you know just getting used to everything so they they played last week they hosted winnipeg they lost two to one and then um well, that was actually like a week and a half ago. But last week they played, they hosted Thunder Bay Chill. They had their little Canadian team run. 
Um, and they also lost two one. I guess it doesn't really matter. Plug in a Canadian team, it's a two one loss. And um, yeah, and I think it was when they went to Thunder Bay, it was two one loss as well, wasn't it? Or two yeah, I believe so. Like that. Yeah, they are they're bottom of the table there. They are out of playoff contention, postseason contention. But you know, an adjustment time, right? We've talked about it. It's going to take some yeah. time. And and yesterday they played uh, last night and then against Joy Athletic. Uh, that was the, sorry, the lower division, the, the, uh, yeah, MPSL. Thank you. Yes. Yep. Um, and that was a two Oh win with, uh, Masanvi got a, got the second goal. Mirakami had the first. Yep. Um, so, I mean, they've, they have the depth to, to bring up and, and make this happen, but, yeah, it's definitely an adjustment for the USL side. Um, and they're, I mean, they're doing well. It's not like they're falling apart on it or anything. Right. Like it That's took them a few to games. Point out. Yeah. It took them a few games to kind of figure out midfield stuff, but, um, you know, it's not like it's, it's not a blowout by any means. Yes. They've been close, heartbreakingly yep. close at times. Yep. They're in um, these matches. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's, you know, I don't think anyone expected that they were going to just go on a tear in USL too. Right. But um, sure, it's a little disappointing, but they they have the structure and the depth to make it happen. A hundred percent. We we've talked about that many times as well as futures are doing blowing everybody out of the water and getting getting close to that that national championship. Um, yeah. So th- this might be a little bit out of I put out of date for the NPSL team. I, I put the table in here, but I don't think that includes. Uh, yesterday's match that you mentioned. So maybe they're a little bit higher. So this this is from um, before Saturday. They were sitting in fourth with uh, how many? 16. So now they have 19. So they might have jumped up to like third, maybe. I guess I can look that one up. All right. So moving to uh, Minnesota United. Some really interesting big news that is not exactly team related, but definitely related to the in-house uh, stadium at Allianz and relations between um, between the uh, the technical staff, the broadcasters, and the broadcast union, along uh, with the fr- with the front office, um, they're trying to unionize Bridget and um, kind of put out a uh, they put out this statement that kind of puts the FO on blast in a lot of ways that I certainly was not aware of. I don't know about you. Um, doesn't look great. I'll let you uh, let you take it from there. Yeah, it's definitely not a uh, a, a good look. Um, so this this group uh, is like the in-house broadcasting. Um, they run the video board replays, um, cameras throughout the stadium, all of that. So they are crucial to the game day experience. Um, so. This went out yesterday, video board crew uh, requesting voluntary union recognition. Um, They have said, uh, so, well, first off, here's here's their request. We're asking Minnesota United to voluntarily recognize IATSE 745, that's the the union group, as the representative for collective bargaining ahead of filing with the national, uh, the NLRB, which is the, the labor union. Um, and this is from a, a camera operator who 
has been with the team for seven years. So um, throughout the, if I may, if I may really quickly, just to get the abbreviation, that's international Alliance of theatrical stage employees. Thank you. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, Yeah. So this, they've been with the club, you know, through the NLS run. Um, And they, so they're saying if the, if the team does not voluntarily recognize the request, they will file a petition with the national labor relations board uh, seeking an election um, because they deserve respect, a voice, proper working conditions. So then they go on to uh, mention previous um, conversations with the club um, and actions by the club. In 2020, United previously claimed that the video crew members were independent contractors, uh, which is a misclassification. Um, Minnesota Department of Revenue had to become involved. Um, which is never a good thing. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> that's, you've done something wrong um, if that happens. And technicians are now properly classified as employees. Um, but that's about as far as that goes. Uh, the classification is not enough. Um, <clears throat> they've tried other ways um, without a union to improve wages, working conditions, and the club te- keeps telling them no. Um, so these spokespeople are saying this is, you know, this is their move to uh, finally improve that. And if the club does not work with them, uh, they will file. So let me uh, let me take this vote. next line too, because this this one was like the really damning thing here. Mm-hmm. They say, "quote We tried to improve our wages and working conditions without a union. We were constantly told, in quotes, no at every turn, at every turn." Um, end quotes said the. Colin Brookfield, camera operator with the team for years. Uh, quote, we believe that joining IATSE is the best way to improve our workplace, unquote. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of subtext just in those two lines. I mean, how long has this been going on? You know what I'm saying? Yikes. For at least a few years prior to the Department of Revenue getting involved, um, which was in 2020, you can assume that it, this had been discussed for a few years. Yeah. Um, uh, Fox nine requested a statement from the club. Uh, oh, interesting. Had, uh, I missed that. And, and let me find the full text of it here because, wow. uh, uh, you know, it's bad when local news is jumping in. <laughs> I mean, they've, they have a few, a few, uh, good people over there who are kind of on top of, um, Oh, I didn't mean to imply that. I I just meant in general. (laughs) No, yeah. And and I'm just saying, like, you know, it's it's great that we have a few people kind of within these each of these stations that are kind of plugged into um, the goings on with. uh, I've been super impressed with. um, What's the name of the dude on 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 uh, the CBS affiliate? I can't think of his name right now. Uh, He's African-American bald dude. I mean, he's Uh, been Norman. Norman yeah. yeah, he's, he's super awesome. plugged in. I, I mean, yep. to everything, whether whether it's uh, Minnesota United or I mean, especially Aurora. Like, he's really doing a good job with Aurora. Yeah, he's awesome. All right, so Minnesota United uh, gave a statement to Fox Nine um, that said some of our in-stadium video production employees are exploring the question of whether union makes sense for them. Other members of this group are just learning of this possibility and want to know what it might mean for them and their families. We support our team members' rights and will respect whatever choice they make. 
We are committed to being open, honest, and transparent in discussing the pros and cons of unionization, respecting our values and our culture, and remembering that we are friends and teammates who support one another. Um, so it's kind of an interesting statement throwing, kind of throws a few members of that crew under the bus, so to speak. Um, I hear that. So it's, it's going to be an interesting discussion going forward. Um, the union is asking that fans who support their efforts uh, contact their ticket rep or yep. um, whoever they're in touch with in the FO um, to, to urge them to do this. Uh, because obviously this is, this is a far reaching thing. They're, yes. they're a really big part of, of the atmosphere. Um, and as we've discussed before, uh, we're having those issues anyway with in terms of supporters groups not feeling um, you know, properly uh, respected and kind of abused for their uh, for their support. So, um, yeah, it's it's. I, yet I another can confirm thing. that 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 is in fact happening, and I'm not going to you know mention names or anything, but there are some that are even throwing down ultimatums. You know, <laughs> if this doesn't happen, you're going to lose me. So yeah, you, I mean, it's, we don't have to say for listeners to simple. go that far, but if you want to. Right. Right. Powerful and I mean, tactic. we'll, you know, we'll see if they, if they respond to that at all, if they, um, you know, they've, they already seem to uh, not be bothered by some of the people who are, who are dropping their tickets or, or opting out of season tickets for 2023 already. I mean, we Badly. had this conversation a few weeks ago, so. Sure did. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see if they, if they do anything with that. Um, we'll see if, the new CEO, Sherry Ballard, will uh, get a little more involved, a little more vocal about um, the direction that they're trying to go. I mean, we, we can all make our assumptions. Um, I'm sure they're scared yeah, and paranoid because assuming it goes through, then the next big one would be the service employees, right? Running all the merch and food and everything. Yeah, I mean, the, the, a lot of those are contracted out. Um, they could still try, though. They Mother, I mean, they definitely could try. Uh, Allianz Field employees could probably make that run. Um, that would be an issue with, with Allianz versus the club, but it would definitely mm-hmm. affect the club. Right. Um, and I know that they have been having some problems, too. I mean, like like everywhere else, you know, they're having mm-hmm. trouble, you know, getting applicants because, yep. obviously, I mean, you're not just going to work for the sake of working these days yeah. so um that's right still in a pandemic by the way. new variant yeah, exactly exactly new, and, new uh, variant who dis <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes working in a stadium is not worth you know 10 12 15 an hour so um yeah, yeah it's it's gonna be i think huge for the long the long time fans of this club the supporters groups especially um i'm sure they're quite a few people who go to the stadium and have no idea that any of this is happening. Yeah. Um, and they'll keep going. And that's, you know, that's kind of the corporate, the corporate side. Uh, and if they, if they opt to, to continue as a corporate side, uh, things are definitely going to change in terms of, of fan experience and, and the fans themselves, it's going to be a, a very different dynamic. So Something to keep an eye on moving forward. Um, the union is on Twitter 
at MNUFC Union. Mm. Uh, you can also follow IATSE 745 for um, that group specifically. But uh, yeah. yeah, we'll definitely bring updates be... as, as things move yep. here. Yeah. Thank you, Bridget. Um, let's do another match because we had another one late, way past Eric's bedtime per usual when they go to the West Coast. Um, Vancouver was hosting Minnesota United. Um, Lud in the midfield once again, covering for Adiaga, still um, on, on injury, uh, recovering from his injury. Um, I got to see just a little, you know, here's the thing. So I, I watched just about up to halftime. Uh, it was nil-nil at that point. And I, I don't know, like I didn't, I didn't, I honestly didn't take a lot of notes on this, mostly because I, everything seemed pretty balanced at this point at halftime. Like I didn't, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like there, there wasn't a lot of breakthrough, like amazing action happening. It was very much like, you know, the feeling one another out. And yes, there were some good runs. There were some mis- mistakes on both ends, but it was very much like an equilibrium had seemed like it had been reached for most of that first half. I'll let you take it. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly how these two clubs are at this point. Um, Vancouver has an identical record. They, they started off poorly, and have been going on a run the last the last month or two since the since their new head coach took over, um, and then you look at Minnesota and it's the opposite a, a really good start and then things kind of fell apart. Um, so two similar teams in terms of in terms of tactics as well. Uh, so when you put two of those clubs against each other, things are going to be a little boring. I mean, it's definitely not a game that neutrals i, I was trying not to for. go there you you took it from me though thank you <laughs> boring right <laughs> i mean it was happening at the same time as la la so you know yeah um yeah yeah i, know, if, I noticed M- mls uh, uh social media was not paying much attention to this one like at all <laughs> yeah i mean if you have a choice between gareth bale's new club and vancouver minnesota i think you go with Bale. <laughs> um, uh, t- tell me a little bit about what happened in the second half because it all kind of blew up starting like the 60 something minute we had a whole new game yeah so vancouver rested a few players who were key in their last match um including cavallini who he's at well he scores in the 66th minute and that's his sixth or seventh goal on the season. He's been on fire. Um, this is, this is like the second half is kind of a tale of the subs. Uh, Vancouver had, had already made uh, three or four by the 60th minute. Um, so Cavallini comes in, gets quite a few shots, uh, but then gets the the breakthrough goal in the 66th minute. Um, bit of a defensive lapse. Uh, Kamar Lawrence, Boxy, and Debassi all kind of got caught ball watching, uh, and it goes in. Um, nothing Dane could do to stop it. Um, so that's when it seemed like the wheels were going to fall off. Uh, Ryan Gould for Vancouver had quite a few shots as well, including one that went off the crossbar there were there were a few that should have been in and and just didn't work uh Lawrence had quite a few big big blocks boxy had some big blocks as well um but the equalizer came five minutes after that uh 71st minute 
Minnesota on the corner. Uh, Kamar Lawrence got the finish on like the third or fourth ball. Um, and Kamar has been, he was out of training this week with the flu or something. Uh, he traveled. Um, I, afterwards, he said that he wasn't planning on using him, but brought him in case he felt better. And, and Kamar said, no, I'm, I'm not flying to Canada to sit in a hotel bed. I am playing. <laughs> So yeah. he started and, and he played, uh, he gets the first goal, 71st minute. That's the equalizer. It's a uh, great goal, by the way, like is. diving one time just right before it hits uh-huh. the ground. And the yeah. only thing I want to chime in and say is that DJ Taylor gives him the cross. So we have a fullback yeah. to fullback assist and goal. When was the last time that happened with this team? Like, that, <laughs> is, that is not a common occurrence. <laughs> not since. Uh, it's been a long uh, time. Probably. Probably. Aikapara days when he was able to to anchor so that those guys could do that. Long um, time. Yeah, it it was a great goal. He ended up being subbed out uh, not too long after. I kind of took a knock and, um, I mean after after that work rate well deserved. He ended up being man of the match as well. Um, Give him. Amaria with. <laughs> So second half was really frustrating because so many passes in the box. Um, there was one play where where Bongi and Reynoso are just passing it back and forth and, you know, dribbling inside of the 18. Uh, Bongi had every opportunity to turn and shoot a few times, and he didn't. He kept laying it off to Reynoso. Same thing. He could have shot, but he passed it outside of the 18. Um, credit to goalkeeper Cody Cropper. Uh, Maple Grove native, I believe, oh. under Academy. Um, I think he trained with balloons in the NASL days, mm-hmm. um, late, but uh, he had quite a few big saves. Um, Maria was doing a lot of passing, <laughs> there was a lot of unselfish play when there didn't ah. need to be. We've talked about this before. Play the hits. Yep. I mean, Amaria, Fragapane, same thing. Reynoso, Bangi, all of them are kind of doing the, okay, you take it. No, you take it. No, you take it. Uh, and that went on for, you know, 80 plus minutes until Amaria gets the ball in the 84th. Uh, he actually looks up looking for a pass. And then takes it off of his left foot, which rips is it. weird, weird for him. Left foot yeah. of all things. Yeah. Just rips it into the low far corner. Uh, Cropper dives over it, but can't get to it. Uh, so that's two, one in the 84th. And finally yeah. these guys, great goal. yeah. I mean, the last few games we've seen some really good goals and, and they all come together and kind of pat each other on the back and then they, and then they split off and, and go back to set up. Uh, but this one, everyone was super excited. Uh, it was a really celebratory, um, big Sally after that one. So it's, you know, things are turning around a little bit in that sense. Um, and then Fragapane turns around in the 88th and that's the third. Also a very nice goal. So like. It was a nice goal, but it was kind of a garbage goal too. It was just like it seemed like it was all over the place, ping pong. Yeah, it was. He he got <laughs> he got the last touch on it. Yeah. Um, 
once again, you know, anyone could have gotten there and, and it fell to him, uh, but credit to him for, you know, staying on top of it. Correct. Because that's been another issue where they can just quit, uh, quit on the opportunity. And none of them did that in that play. Uh, So yeah, he ends up with the goal 88th minute three, one win, uh, massive, massive win. So, yeah. Um, and Dane, Dane gets the assist on Amaria's goal. That was, that was a goal kick. Hell yeah. Amaria ran up and, and shot. So Uh, you um, love the keeper assist. Exactly. Yeah. So he's, he's credited for that. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to the Amarillo goal just because, like, mm-hmm. we need more of that. I mean, that's like exactly. that's his job, like that's his thing, and 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 hopefully this helps him with his confidence to just yeah. take him, you know. Yeah. Especially now, if, if you know, it, it's hard to criticize Bongi too much when he's still getting comfortable and he's still trying to like maneuver and do his thing. And Reynoso is fine, even though sometimes he does hold too long. But man, if Amarillo can just start ripping him like that, or <laughs> one touch and shoot kind of a thing rather than hesitate rather than look yeah. for the pass. Like it's going to change things so dramatically. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't I, even have to go in, just create the exactly. chaos, you know? Yep. Yep. And he, he had a couple before that one where, where he could have shot, should have shot uh, and decided to take one extra touch and try to get ahead of the defender instead of just right. whipping it in. And um which is so weird because like a cup was it just last year when he was playing in Ecuador? It seemed like he was just scoring constantly that's, on one timers. Yeah. And that's how he was playing the, the first couple of games when he was brought yes. in uh, COVID year. That's how he was playing as well. And, and that's exactly why they brought him in. Um, and then it turned into, you know, maybe it's like a few too many, like, you know, high quality players who, have been used to a certain system or, or just having Maybe. trouble kind of making their styles fit. Uh, and it seems like they're all like, there's good chemistry there. Yeah. Um, but speaking of chemistry, here's my theory that this is MJ and on maybe some other green substance was put in that mate. <laughs> I was putting it out there and it woke him up in a way, put him in another, put him in another dimension. <laughs> so if, if that happened in uh, allegedly, let's, let's continue to make that happen. So <laughs> he keeps doing these things. <laughs> he, I have not seen him smile that big since right? uh, 2020. So yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's nuts. And, and hopefully now that they've, Two of them have taken these shots and made it happen. Yeah, they'll, they'll start opening up a little bit to that. Um, this, I mean, immediately, Fraga, Ray, and Bongi are on top of them, hugging them. And, and it was the same for Fraga's goal. So uh, I think it's coming. If, if, if those front four have to stay that way, that's fine. And, and I'm yeah. okay with Lude in the back. Um, he's been doing pretty well. He, he's yes. taken a few... There, you know, on Twitter, there's there's always the no, he's he's not a number eight, but he's played which that is for true, Finland. but he's also I'm, doing fine, right? He he's played that role for Finland. He has yeah. played. I mean, he's more comfortable on the right versus the left if he's a winger, but yep. he, he's played everywhere, and that's right. And I mean, he had a couple moments that weren't great, but that's the same with him on the right wing or the left wing or put anyone back there 
<laughs> That's right. I was going to say in the, in the pantheon of players that have been played out of position on this team, he's doing just fine. Yeah. <laughs> he's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and he's comfortable. He makes it work. Uh, he worked pretty well with trap. The two of them got a few shots in because they were tired of watching those guys pass it back and forth up front. And they yeah. each just tried to rip one. Um, trap was close. He just skimmed the crossbar. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's a little bit of passion back and a little bit more excitement, energy yeah, to, we shall to see. make things happen. So six points yeah. in uh in a week, not even a week, pretty good. So yeah. take it. Um, you mentioned El Tropico. Let's do some MLS really quick. Uh three two was the final there. Um Bale did not play. Chiellini was on the bench, didn't get in. Yeah. Um, but he, it was kind of cool to see him grab the megaphone and lead the chant at the end. So he did <laughs> come down and, you know, get, get his social media, uh, bump in there for everybody. But I think the real narrative to talk about here, Bridget is Philadelphia and DC United, like Philadelphia, like what did, did DC even show up? I mean, seven nil is your final mm-hmm. here, Bridget. Caranza has a hat trick. And we'll talk about other bicycle kicks, but it, this is like a week of bikes, just a spectacular. Well, compared to the other bike, it's not as spectacular, but I'm a sucker for bikes in general mm-hmm. and pulls off a great one where it's a low bike. Like he doesn't get the um, doesn't get the upward jump momentum. It's closer to the ground. So it kind of takes a, a bounce and bounces off the ground in, which is kind of rare. You don't see it that yeah. often, but, you know, a bike's a bike. Bring it, it works. It works. Yeah, it was it was funny afterwards. Uh, Philly coach Jim Curtin said, "You know, we're we're known for defending, but now people know that we can score goals." <laughs> it's like, yep, noted. Uh, I, I believe it I was forgot to get the numbers, at, but yeah, I think it was five zero at half. Yeah, and Man. then and then they got the other two. So, um, yeah, Gosh, I, I mean, mean DC. Oof. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's a rumor that um, Wayne Rooney is is coming for as head coach. Really? Uh, from what I've heard, there's nothing to that. But of course, uh, that news went out um, a few hours before the game. I think it was New York okay. Post or you know one of one of those um, supposed news sites that linked it. But um, so of course after this game. <laughs> that that rumor got got some legs and people are are begging him (laughs) begging them to make that be true um i mean they've they definitely have some rebuilding to do uh it's going to be interesting to watch what happens with them the next few weeks especially but the rest of the season Let's let's get through these quickly, unless there's a couple that you want to uh, to settle on for a little bit, Bridget. But uh, NYCFC four, New England two, uh, great highlight of um, Brazilian Gabriel Pereira, who was at uh, Corinthians last year, just absolutely cutting and smoking not only the fullback or rather the uh, center back, but also the goalkeeper. Oh, I put it up on IG. It's so, it's so good. Like he just does the little juke, and they both just completely slide off the screen and he just has an open goal. He's like, okay, <laughs> absolutely great highlight. So good. Um, a surprising one here. Uh, Seattle hosts Portland for the big um, Cascadia Derby here and Portland takes it. Bridget three nil mm-hmm. did not see that one coming. No, I don't think, I don't think Seattle saw that one either. They, they thought that one was going to be in the bag, but uh, yeah, absolutely not. And that's um, good. 
that that's a good result for Minnesota. Um, they really needed Galaxy, Nashville, and Se- and uh, Seattle to drop points this weekend. Um, they to all help did. The standings. They all did. Uh, so LA Galaxy is sitting in fifth. Minnesota sixth. Nashville seventh. Seattle eighth. Portland ninth. Yeah. Um, so that opened up a little bit of space there. Um, nice. Yeah. Nashville loss was uh, a tough one as well. Yeah, four Charlotte to put Charlotte. up four on them. Goodness. Wow. And it and um, it actually, judging from a couple of the highlights I saw, I, I missed the game, but saw a few few videos that you know it probably should have been five or six or Dang. seven Charlotte. So that's kind of surprising considering how stout that national defense usually mm, is. Yep. Yep. Wow. Um, the other one I was going to bring up was Austin FC or well, Atlanta hosting Austin FC and Austin three nil, another big one there too. Um, and Rodrigo put in our, in our, uh, Slack chat that, uh, uh, Joseph Martinez had some, uh, musings, let's call them post-match basically, oh. basically saying that this, this, uh, this train is off the tracks. It's pretty messed up around here. <laughs> so that, that'll be some interesting Ouch. internal drama to see yeah to see uh what's going on there in atlanta but i mean i know for a lot of minnesota fans when, whenever there's there's turmoil <laughs> in atlanta people start smirking over here <laughs> a little bit yeah um, yep. did did we talk about kelbo last week or did that happen this i don't week? think so uh no please bring it uh you did we this, we're all about the calvo tea so <laughs> what do you got uh so unrelated San Jose draws with Toronto two, two this weekend. Um, but everyone's favorite center back, Frankie Calvo, uh, they announced a transfer to a Turkish club. Oh, interesting. Yeah. This, this is before he becomes manager of this team of Minnesota. <laughs> Correct. Yes. You have to make a European stop. Right. And then right. you can move over to MLS. Um, but, uh, so San Jose said, you know, he'd, they talked about his goals um, and career aspirations, and he mentioned Europe. Uh, so they find a spot for him in Turkey. I don't. I'm not entirely sure how that works, but um, yeah. So, so his manager puts him in in Turkey. He he looks excited, ready to go. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he does there. Um, if you're looking for some entertainment, San Jose's supporter groups. Twitter threads, uh, some people calling him, calling it a huge loss because he was the potential MVP. Um, and of course, other people saying, uh, what? It's Calvo. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, you know, they're, they're having the same conversations that we have had in the past and that Chicago had. And uh, yeah, so the, that trend continues and follow, follow the Turkish club. I, cannot pronounce the name so i'm not going to try uh, <laughs> can, you, can you tell me which one it starts with what letters it's well, not galatasaray it's not is no. it it's not Beskitas either it is those are always the two the, the big ones yeah and i'm trying to pull it up again because it's... it's right it's right it's not that important um but but i was going to use your uh that, that's a good jumping off point though rich to talk transfers really quick though um that's so funny. I'm so curious to see how he shows up in the World Cup because there's there's no middle ground with him. You know what I'm saying? Like uh-huh. he's either going to be like this amazing hero for Costa Rica 
or everything is going to fall on him and every goal scored is going to be his fault. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's no middle ground. Nope. Uh, it's so Turkish Super League side, Konya Spor starts with K. Oh, yeah. I've K-O-N-Y. seen that one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So they're, okay. I mean, they're top tier. Uh, well, top tier in standings typically. So, yep. Yeah. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Um, some other big ones. Uh, I think the, the big inter ML, MLS move was Pozuelo going from uh, Toronto FC to Miami. And this one came with some tea as well. Apparently there was some drama between he and Bob Bradley, like not getting along and some, some tense uh, locker room situations that may or may not have involved pushing. I, I I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. Um, so it seems like it was a uh, kind of a mutual thing to get him out of there and, you know, Miami have been somewhat stable, I guess we can kind of say this this season. And and getting a player like that might be what kind of pushes them over the edge. So who knows? Uh, that's um, <laughs> we can do another Minnesota connection here. Mm. Uh, so they end up losing late last night when another certain center back causes an own goal in stoppage time. Guess who that was? We're talking about, uh, let's see. Oh, we're talking about Orlando and Inter-Miami? Yep. Oh, no. This hurts. Um, Jamaican. Damien Lowe. Oh, Damien Lowe, of course. <laughs> wow. I, was, I, don't, I don't remember where all these guys go, so trying to, like, right, like yeah, the names yeah. are I remember, but the destinations I, I think forget. It, yeah, I was thinking we talked about him relatively recently, but I mean, okay. a few weeks ago is long. Um, but yeah, he, he goes <laughs> to the keeper calls for it and he ends up like jumping over the diving keeper oh. and tries to like high kick it out of the way. And uh, instead it goes yeah. right into the goal. Yeah. Um, he I, I looked, can see it in my head. That's yeah, a risky one. He, he looked just heartbroken and and the keeper jumps up right away and is hugging him like dude it's okay and he just was well, for that to be off. like the the only goal of the match too that, that yep. sucks yeah yep. <laughs> that really sucks <laughs> in stoppage uh, time like when so. how often is that i don't think it has happened stoppage time own goal to decide yeah, i don't a know game. brutal um back to transfers uh revolution getting some some firepower with uh Giacomo Vrioni from Juventus. He's 23. Uh, that's a DP signing. He plays with the, well, he's, he's eligible to play with either Italy or Albania. He plays for the Albanian national team. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. Um, here in Minnesota land, we have the um, Alan, Alan Benitez, 28, from Cerro Porteño. He's a right back. So getting a little bit more um, depth and competition there. So, Cerro Porteño, they're fine for, like, the Paraguayan League. They're not so good when it comes to international competitions. They like <laughs> Libertadores, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But they were kind of embarrassed and, and run off the, uh, the round of 16 uh, uh, knockouts here. Like, literally shut out by Palmeiras in two legs. And a good there were eight goals scored over two legs. And I want to say at least three or four of those were kind of on him <laughs> so it's one of those things where he might do fine with in minnesota and mls but 
he was uh, not so good when it, when it comes to Libertadores at all. So just keep that in mind for when he comes up. Um, another inter-MLS one, Sergio Santos from Philly to FC Cincinnati. And then the big question there is like Brenner all of a sudden like, Woke out, woke up out of his of his cryo chamber like a sci-fi movie. <laughs> it's like exploded, scoring all these gold hat tricks and whatever. And now they're bringing in another Brazilian striker. So, is there room for two? Or are they are they going to run a two forward system? I I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Um. Big one. This is the oh, let's do Mark Anthony K. That one was 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 confirmed. So they get rid of um. Pozuelo, and now they're bringing in Mark Anthony K to TFC. So that's that's interesting. Uh, who are really struggling this season? Like they are mm-hmm. not having a good one. Um, okay, so the big rumor is Jesse Lingard is out at Manchester United, looking for a home. Possibly that home may be LA Galaxy. I don't know how far we are on that one, but uh, I think it's still rumor mill. Nothing confirmed, right? From what I've seen, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything to add there? I think that's those are the big ones, right? Yep, I think you got it. Let's do some quick NWSL. Uh, Orlando Pride 1-0 over Houston Dash. Uh, Racing Louisville hosted Gotham, and they lost uh, 1-2, Gotham winning. And then the big one yesterday, you had the uh, the California. I don't know what they call this one. They, you can't call it El Trafico, really. Did they have a name for uh, Angel City in San Diego? I I don't think they do yet. Okay. Or at least, maybe, it's, maybe not used. At least it's not used like enough. Yeah. And, and these both these two teams are like in the top five right now, I think top four even and San Diego sitting number one, but it's Angel City with the big win again late. Uh, Riley gets an early goal. McNabb scores for San Diego. So it's one one basically going into the last 10 minutes and uh, M. Slee gets the 81st late goal for a 2-1 Angel City final. Not enough to really change a lot in the table. San Diego still up top, but they get some points. Uh, we already did the Aurora. We already talked about all that good stuff. Um, the next one for MNUFC, we, we alluded to this last week. Wow. Wow. There's Bless a chorus you. of sneezes, everyone. <laughs> um, stereo, stereo sneezes, yes. Uh, Minnesota United is hosting SKC on next Wednesday, the 13th, which, of course, is the same day as the uh, Aurora playoff. So it'll be interesting to see the pull and <laughs> some quarters of that happening. Um, but, you know, the way they've been playing, they, they, they go into this with some confidence. Uh, Kansas City actually won yesterday, too, if I'm not mistaken. They beat Montreal 2-1 to one in Montreal. So hard one to predict because mm-hmm. Peter Vermees loves dunking on Adrian Heath. <laughs> like, <laughs> long tradition. Uh-huh. <laughs> so who knows what's going to happen there? I have no clue. It's it's going to be an interesting one. I know. Um, I mean, I will be at the Aurora game, but I'll probably have the, the Kansas City feed. I think most of us will be. <laughs> I'll probably have the feed going on another on another screen just to uh, just kind of see what kind of craziness happens. Um, right. Because, yeah, it'll be entertaining. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe not entertaining for... Uh, for Adrian Heath, but <laughs> for the rest of us. Indeed. All right. Well, let's uh, take a little break and we'll do some internationals. Hi. 
Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be dreaming because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota Football Show. Welcome back, listeners. Minnesota Football Show, uh, second half here, going into some internationals. Um, so as Rodrigo alluded to a few episodes ago, there's lots and lots of international women's football happening. And I want to start with the one that I'm most interested in on one hand, but on the other hand, is extremely difficult to get information and scores and highlights on. And that's the women's AFCON. And it, and it sucks. It's very frustrating because there's really cool stuff happening. Um, and every once in a while, like their Instagram is pretty good, but sometimes not. <laughs> you can't get all the highlights. You know, you just get little bits and pieces. So I will update the IG with little things that I can get the, the little bits. But it's really hard just to get like, you know, the consistent things that kind of we're used to with, uh, even with, like with NWSL, but especially on the men's side. So yeah. for listeners that are like, why isn't it consistent? Like I'm trying, <laughs> if you have better sources, please let us know, send, send us a message on, on, uh, Gmail or on the socials. Cause I'd love to be a little bit more, uh, up to date with it, but we're trying, we're trying. Um, so the big news here is Morocco are hosting this whole thing and, with a match to spare, uh, on Tuesday, they beat Uganda. So they were actually confirmed to go into the knockouts. So good on them. A uh, long tradition of, of hosts and all these tournaments doing pretty good to get through. Um, so good. Um, so right now, um, I'm just going to jump to, this was yesterday. They, we, we finished up the group stage. Um, and in group A, Morocco is already through. They won again, so they go with nine points. Senegal have uh, a win and – or it's rather two wins and a loss at six, so they're through as well. Uh, Burkina Faso and Uganda are going home. And then uh, – I don't know if I can get the rest of the scores. I'll, I'm, I might pop back there and see if I can grab some other ones. But, uh, yeah, they play, I know they played yesterday. Again, like I said, it's just not as uh, comprehensive as I wish it were. Um, <laughs> So in contrast to that, unsurprisingly, on the women's Euro side, it's all right there. It's really easy. Um, so they started playing as well, and they're, they're just getting into group stages. So Group A, both uh, Norway and England each have a win, so they're top right now, three and three. Uh, Austria and Northern Ireland with zero. Group B, Germany and Spain, kind of similar. They each have a win. Uh, Germany with but actually, both these, these teams have a lot of space. They, they had a 4-0 win, and Spain had a 4-1 win. So they both have pretty good goal four and set Finland and Denmark pretty far back with negative three and negative four. So Germany and Spain definitely uh, marking themselves as, as the two teams to get through, especially with the goal differential there. Um, today, the uh, let's see, the Group C was going to get moving, and that's – no, I'm sorry. Group C played. Group D is today. Uh, Portugal, Switzerland, Netherlands, Sweden. This one's all wrapped up with ties. So they all have one point each. So completely wide open in that group. Group D was today. That's where I was going. Um, Belgium, France, Iceland, and Italy. You'd, you'd imagine that France is probably going to go through in that group. Um, for the other three, I have no clue. That's kind of where we are. Unless you know, Bridget. Nope. <laughs> You don't have your crystal ball there to like <laughs> work through it. We need a magic eight ball or something. Magic eight uh, ball. Yeah, it, it'll be. I think each of these groups is going to be fun to watch because you never really know who's going to show up with a lot of these squads. Yep. Um, 
And that keeps it interesting, though. I mean, obviously, the French women, really good. Iceland is solid as well. Um, I haven't watched much of them since uh, the last big Iceland run on the men's side. Women's were women were tearing it up too at the same time. But um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be exciting. Either I have a women's, women's AFCON update here. So their, Group C gets going today. Can't really make any calls there. But Group B is wrapped. And that is Zambia with uh, two wins and a draw. So they, they're, going through, they're through at seven points. Uh, Cameroon has a win and two draws. They're through at five points. Uh, Tunisia at three. Togo one. They're going home. So today you'll, you'll have, uh, let's see, uh, Group C standings as of now, South Africa at six, Nigeria at three, Botswana three, Burundi is going home. They don't have anything. So that's kind of where we are at present. Okay, Libertadores, they're also in the knockout rounds right now. And uh, Atletico, Mineiro went through two to one over Emelec. Um, Boca and Corinthians once again tied. This happened last time as well with, with all these uh, missed penalties. And this one went to penalties, and Corinthians are through 6-5 on PKs. Uh, Libertad and Atletico Paranaense both tie 1-1, but 3-2 aggregate for Atletico. They are through, so Filipão is there. Uh, you're going to notice a theme here. It's, spoiler alert, it's all Brazilian and Argentine teams. I, I always hope that there's a Paraguayan team or like MLX from Ecuador. Like, I hope there's at least, you know, one or two other countries represented. You know, it's that, that polarization that we're seeing in other international competitions and leagues, that it's starting to happen there as well, um, which kind of sucks. Like, I like to see the, the teams that aren't as well known, you know. Last yeah. year was, um, remember it was um, Bar the Barcelona team from Ecuador had a yeah, great run. Yeah all the way to the semifinals. Yeah. And we're not going to have it this year, unfortunately. Um, so here we are. Um, the next round was uh, Talleres over Colón. That's a 2-0 win, a 3-1 aggregate. So they're through. Uh, we alluded to Cerro Porteño with uh, the guy Benitez coming to Minnesota United. Palmeiras just wipes the floor with them. 5-0. That's an 8-0 aggregate. Ouch. <laughs> ouch, ouch, ouch. <laughs> And I mentioned the week of bicycle kicks. This is one of the prettiest bicycle kicks I think I've ever seen, Bridget. It is top five for sure. Crony, it's it's the speed and the power and the height of this bike that comes off of this cross. I, I, I put it up a few times on socials because it was everybody got it from all the angles and it deserved all the angles because he hits it so hard it's it's just it's a bike kick that you know like like a video game like he's on fire it's just so powerful um absolutely out of this world just a beautiful beautiful goal definitely go see it if you haven't seen it listeners and yeah or, or check the socials. you know what i'll put it up again it deserves to go, go up again <laughs> just keep really blasting good. it out once a day seriously it go. is so so pretty and just so strong. I mean, the keeper just stands there. It's one of those just like, whatever. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> um, Flamengo are also through. They go 7-1 uh, against Tolima with an 8-1 aggregate. And then two Argentine squads, River and Velez Sarsfield. Kind of a surprise here. It's a it's a nil-nil draw, but Sarsfield had scored previously. So they are through. River Plate is out. Which you don't hear very often. No. 
So there again, it is five Brazilian teams, three Argentine teams. And, oh, sorry, I got one more. Estudiantes and Fortaleza, they win. They get a huge win, 3-0 over Fortaleza for a 4-1 aggregate. It's one more Argentine team. Five and three, though, that's where I was going. Five Brazilian teams, three Argentine teams. And they're set up like this. I mean, the, the way it pans out, I think they're doing their best to try and make it a Brazil-Argentina final. We'll see if it turns out this way. So you've got Atlético Paranaense in quarters against Estudiantes. Um, you've got uh, Atlético Mineiro against Palmeiras. So that's an all-Brazilian one there. You've got an all-Brazil Flamengo-Corinthians, which, which is a deep rivalry in Brasileirão. So having them on Libertadores is going to be a lot of fun. Um, and then an all-Argentine Argentine block with Vélez Sarsfield and... Um, What's the other one? I can't remember that one. Talleres. <laughs> I was like, I know that one, but it's, got a bunch of <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's where we are for quarters and uh, should be interesting. Um, as we wrap out or wrap, wrap out, wrap up, we can wrap out, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, lots of good. news. you did great. Lots of good news here with um, the first openly gay out referee, not just for Brazilian league, but also a FIFA ref. His name is Igor Benevenuto. And uh, let's see, I'll, I'll try and translate this on the, on the fly here. But he basically talks about, he says, while I tried to survive being in the middle of all the kids playing soccer, um, and I had to create this fake person, this fake uh, identity, um, and, it, and it just really, it was really hard for me, right? Because he, he couldn't live his full self. And, and, and basically he says, um football football was was a thing to be a man like in quotes like masculine you know um and and i always knew from being from a very young age that i was gay there was no place for me um in it and i had to I had to hide my sexuality um so being a player was never an option um so he was basically uncomfortable in that entire situation and kind of run out his dream of being a player, which is terrible. It's really sad. It really sucks. And, and sadly, I'm sure it's pretty common. Yeah. Um, on the flip side of that, there is a, there is a, a positive spin. And then he says here, so I found my only path possible, which was to become a referee. And we talked a little bit this off recording, Bridget, but there's a history of the referee community being a little more accepting, opening, giving space to whoever, you know, from whatever perspective you're coming from. And clearly he found support and he found space there to, you know, be his best self. And so now I'm sure the referee community probably knew this, but now he's just announcing it on a huge platform. Yeah. It's massive. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's like we were saying, it's, it's good to see that that community is, is kind of expanding that circle and welcoming him in. I mean, you see different nationalities, uh, men and women, um, increasingly women, uh, yep. and they really celebrate, you know, the the fact that they're all uh, come from different cultures and, and they acknowledge that, you know, football is different in different cultures. So they embrace all of that. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, I'm not surprised that, uh, that was the move he felt comfortable making. Uh, and yeah, like, like you said, I think it is very common. Um, that's why the youth soccer movement is so uh, uh, 
well, kind of messed up in general, but um, that's definitely one of those things that that keeps a lot of kids out of sports or pushes them out. If, if Rodrigo were here, he'd throw in his tox, tox, toxic masculinity. So exactly. I'll, yes. Uh, <laughs> representing Rodrigo, I got you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Great stuff. Great story. And it'd be really, you know, it'd be interesting is if, if he gets called to, uh, to go to Qatar and, and, and ref in the world cup. Be interesting. Right. I mean, can you imagine? That, oh man. <laughs> yeah. I, I hadn't really thought about that like are they going to call up a lot of women or him right (laughs) or is it going to be you know a couple a couple groups of of refs who feel comfortable going there super Uh, fascinating yeah that's going to be bridget i'll I'll throw to you for the last word you have a uh, fun story uh regarding uh kristen press and lafc so close us out yeah, if you need a, a feel-good video, there's actually a few from the LAFC match yesterday. Um, Kristen Press, who, of course, uh, announced she had the torn ACL a couple weeks ago, had surgery last week um, or the week before. What is time? <laughs> um, so she was she was there uh, walking with, with one crutch and her, and her leg braced up. Um, but she went out on the field to kind of greet everyone during warmups, uh, and escorting her out through the tunnel was, uh, two owners, um, of the club. And also the, a lot of these tweets called them the designated soccer moms, um, Jennifer Garner and Glennon Doyle. <laughs> so, <good. laughs> um, so Jennifer Garner, Glennon Doyle wearing, you know, matching LA t-shirts and jeans pretending to be her bodyguards. And, and walking out with her, um, they kind of helped her walk down the sideline and, and greet some of the fans who were sitting in the front row. Um, aside from those escort duties, they also were out there with orange slices and handing those out to players after the game as well. Oh, so, that's funny. Um, so if you need soccer going, going mom all video, in. Yep, <laughs> if you need soccer mom video or if you just need to see Kristen Press walking around smiling and happy, Hit up Twitter. I, I just dropped it into our Slack as well. So we'll we'll try to get that up on our social media too. But um yeah, it was a it was a fun video and, and it was good to see her see her out there and um taking in the match. You had um got something developing here. Do you want to say what uh going back to Minnesota United? Um you just dropped it in, so I'll, I'll let you take it. Yeah, and give me a second to pull that up in Slack. Sure. Again. Well, I, I I got it right here. Uh, this is from the union that we just talked about, the in-house uh, broadcasting unit. Today, we're going to break down Sherry Beller's letter, wow, denying us voluntary union recognition and expose the veiled anti-union language and let you know our side of their spin. Oh, wow. Yeah. My goodness. They're going to focus, <laughs> catching fire. So let's see. So they post paragraph by paragraph. Uh, this letter from Sherry Ballard um, and they and they have inserted their commentary for each of these lines um, so I'll, how about I just read her statement and, and definitely go check out the um, that's what her account and, and see what they're saying uh, Well, their summary says she minimizes our accomplishments and hard work, then uses a scare tactic to make us worry about how this may affect our families. Uh, She states the law and 
acts that following it is, is an act of virtue, referring to um, Department of Revenue uh, and, and union policies. Uh, she claims many people were not consulted about the about their union drive, even though they've publicly stated that they've exhausted all communication options. Um, they say if she doesn't want this to be divisive, she should just simply recognize the union, obviously. Um, she says, no matter how the unit unionization process plays out, we will remain coworkers and friends working together to bring our mission to life on and off the pitch. Uh, so this is, it, it kind of reads like one of those, we, we support you, but no. Um, which is, again, yeah, not I'm a great look. Yeah, obviously, uh, definitely. I'm sure there's a lot more legal stuff behind this that, that we haven't addressed. Um, but wow. this is, it's, it seems like this is going to get, uh, it will get divisive. It will get a, Man, little, this team, a little ugly. Th there, there are so many little holes and they just love to just keep digging them and digging them deeper and deeper. I mean, this, this is bad. Ugh. The organizing committee was exhaustive in its discussions with crew members. We didn't get a choice. Didn't get a choice when we were misclassified. That's in response to we believe it's critically important that as part of the process, everyone who will be affected by this decision, even those who may only be just now learning of the possibility, and they're like, "We've been on this forever." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Woo. Well, we do have to end this thing, but clearly this is not over. So <laughs> we will so go check out that letter and then go watch yeah. Conan Doyle feeding everyone orange slices at a, at a pro soccer game. There you um, go. Balance it out. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll have more of this. Wow. Well, thank you, Bridget. As always, you did a great job uh, as the uh, captain navigating the ship here. So well done. Uh, thank you, listeners, for sticking around with us. Uh, we do have the Patreon at patreon.com backslash Show if you want to support the program. And uh, we'll be back next week. And we will definitely be talking about this union situation because, mm -hmm. wow, gasoline on the fuego. Yep. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Bridget. Ciao. <laughs> Ciao.